1: now, here's your host, Radical
4: Russ Melville. Good day, Tokers and Tokets and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Friday, April 1st, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Thanks for joining us today on this April Fool's Day, but there are no April Fool's tricks in today's show. I have learned my lesson over the years. I've been doing this for eight years now, and I used to do a April Fool's news post where I would uh, come up with something crazy. Like one year, I I came up with a post that uh, George W. Bush had decided to legalize marijuana. And uh, <laughs> I got a lot of uh, hate mail for that when it didn't turn out to be true. And, you know, the whole April Fool's prank thing, I think, has gone, I don't know, maybe a little too far, too long. It's just uh, with the age of the Internet now and so many of these satire parody sites like The Onion and all the knockoffs, it's almost not even necessary to have an April Fool's prank anymore uh, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense so we're just gonna go with the straight news today here on the Russ Belleville show and we have got some great news for you today first of all let's talk about our interview coming up at half past in our cannabis community chat we got Matthew Mills joining us from medxrx.com and uh, they are involved in investment in the marijuana industry so if you're looking at uh, surfing the green rush in this big wave of of legalization that's moving from west to east across the country, you want to stay tuned because at half past, you're going to learn a whole bunch about marijuana and investing. Also coming up on the show today, we'll have time for a radical rant. And in the rant today, we're going to take a look at some of the latest information on marijuana and driving. Uh, My friend Paul Armentano, the deputy director of Normal, forwarded me today a study that took place in British Columbia And an interesting study because they took a look at all drivers who had been in an accident, as well as all the people who had gone to the emergency room, whether or not they were drivers or not, and came up with some interesting data on driving and marijuana that, once again, illustrates what we believe, and that is there is no cause for alarm. There is no stoned mayhem on the freeways that is going to require all sorts of draconian penalties and unscientific standards. So we'll talk about that, marijuana and driving, per se, DYD laws, all of that coming up at the end of the show. Also on the show today, drug war data mining, and we've got some new polls from Florida. I reached out to the campaign there that's trying to get medical marijuana passed to see if I could get you some of the top-line information, some of the demographic drill-downs, and we've got them today. So we're going to show you... Who supports medical marijuana in Florida? Or should I say, can we even find anyone who doesn't support medical marijuana in Florida? That's coming up in the Drug War Data Mines. Also on the show, in Behind the Headlines, there was a Donald Trump town hall meeting that took place. Chris Matthews from MSNBC was the moderator for this. And they got a question, a very good question from the audience on prison reform and how does drug legalization fit into that. I've got three clips from Donald Trump and Chris Matthews And you're just going to have to decide which one of them is more reefer mad. I I don't know. I think maybe uh, Trump came off as the sensible one in this uh, exchange. (laughs) You'll have to hear it to believe it. But uh, that all comes right after our Cannabis Radio News uh, in association with the Associated Press. And in the news today, we've got the Washington, D.C. smokeout happening tomorrow. The DUID bill in Maine runs into a roadblock. There could be potency limits for marijuana in Colorado. A county in Tennessee voting on marijuana legalization, maybe. A look at legalization in Vermont. And in Ohio, a house panel looking at medical marijuana. All that coming up on the Russ Belville Show.
1: This is the Russ Belville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dagger, hurry, it's
6: isn't the only thing growing so are we grow with us Cannabisradio.com.
4: new beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time why struggle get a new instrument or fix the old one the trusted professionals at the fingerboard extension will evaluate your instrument for free repairs are priced for people who work for a living Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at FingerboardExtension.com.
1: You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Bellville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
7: I do not like them, Sam. I am. I do not like green
5: eggs and ham.
1: Okay. Maybe you're high, too.
5: Network. network, CannabisRadio.com.
1: It's time for the Cannabis Radio News, covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in four minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News.
4: This is your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, April 1st, 2016. DCMJ, a pro-marijuana legalization group led by longtime activist Adam Eidinger, will bring a 51-foot replica joint to the White House for a protest tomorrow afternoon. The group is encouraging a smoke-in, a civil disobedience gathering where protesters will smoke, vaporize, and otherwise consume cannabis. While Washington, D.C. legalized personal possession and cultivation of cannabis in 2014, public consumption is still forbidden. Additionally, the protest takes place in an area governed by federal law, which still maintains strict pot prohibition. Quote, we're tired of being ignored, end quote, Eidinger told Washington City paper. DCMJ's website asks, quote, President Obama smoked cannabis and became the president of the United States. And while he might think cannabis is a bad habit, does he seriously think it's on par with heroin, nicotine or alcohol? End quote. An attempt to establish an unscientific five nanogram per milliliter DUID THC impaired driving limit has stalled in Maine. The Maine House unanimously voted to defeat a bill passed by the Senate to establish the so-called stone driving limit, mirroring a similar law in Washington state. The co-chairwoman of the Criminal Justice and Public Safety Committee confirms that the disagreement between the Senate and House effectively dooms this bill for at least one year. Seventeen states have laws setting limits on THC in the bloodstream while driving at between one and five nanograms per milliliter or at zero tolerance, where any amount confirms impairment. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has said that it is, quote, inadvisable to try and predict effects based on blood THC concentrations alone, end quote. Legislators and citizens alike are attempting to place potency limits on marijuana products for adult consumers in Colorado. Representative Kathleen Conti is the sponsor of an amendment in House Bill 1261 that would establish a 15% THC potency limit on marijuana flowers and edible products. Noting that, quote, all the studies that have been done on THC levels have been done on THC levels between 2 and 8 percent, end quote, Representative Conti's bill would also mandate a warning label explaining that, quote, the health impacts of marijuana with a THC potency above 10 percent are unknown, end quote, on all marijuana products. Meanwhile, two citizens named Allie Pruitt and Ron Castanga are proposing a ballot initiative to set a 16% limit on marijuana products with a warning label about marijuana risks, such as, quote, birth defects and reduced brain development, end quote, to long term addiction. Residents of Knox County, Tennessee may get the chance to vote on the issue of marijuana legalization this November. Stephen Cooper is the man behind two initiative questions that were approved for petitioning in this county of over 400,000 people centered on Knoxville, the state's third largest city. The separate petitions ask residents to approve of the recreational use of marijuana and the medical use of marijuana. Each petition will need over 16,000 signatures to make the fall ballot. Even if passed, Tennessee state marijuana prohibition would render the measures ineffective vermonters for and against legalizing marijuana in vermont are lining up at the state house to testify on whether the state should take that step the house judiciary and government operations committees are taking testimony on a senate-passed bill to legalize possession of up to an ounce of marijuana for people 21 and older the house chamber is expected to be filled to capacity and overflow areas have been set up with video hookups to the hearing in the state house cafeteria and a first floor hearing room House Judiciary Committee Chairwoman Maxine Grad, a Moortown Democrat, says her panel hopes to finish its work on the bill next week. She says it's unclear whether the panel will vote to support the measure. A House panel contemplating ways to legalize medical marijuana in Ohio is wrapping up its business with a marathon session. Republican Representative Kirk Schuring of Canton chairs the task force. He said 40 witnesses were scheduled Thursday and testimony was expected to last into the evening. The group was created after Ohio voters overwhelmingly defeated a ballot measure last fall that would have legalized cannabis for personal and medical use. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, April 1st, 2016. I'm Russ
3: Belville.
0: Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends
1: you're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville show on cannabisradio.com.
0: And if standing for the constitution make you a wacko bird, then I am a very very proud wacko bird.
1: Okay. Maybe you're high too. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs.
6: We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio.
4: When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com.
1: The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis
4: Focus. Today at the Cannabis Focus, we take a look at a town hall meeting. It was uh, on MSNBC, headlined by Donald Trump. The moderator was Chris Matthews. And during that town hall, which was 45 minutes long, one of the people in the audience had a great question on prison reform and marijuana legalization. And the resulting exchange between Donald Trump and Chris Matthews has me questioning which one of them is actually more reefer mad. Let's start with the question and Trump's response to it.
6: My name is uh, Shauna Freilich. I'm a professor here at the communication department. Good. So my question for you is around prison reform. What do you see needs to be reformed with our prison system? And with that, what do you think about drug legalization playing into the reform.
3: Uh, I think that as far as drug legalization, we talk about marijuana and uh, in terms of medical I think I am basically for that. I've heard some wonderful things in terms of medical. Uh, I'm watching Colorado very carefully, see what's happening out there. I'm getting some very negative reports. I'm getting some okay reports, but I'm getting some very negative reports coming out of Colorado as to what's happening. So we'll see what happens. I think a lot of people are really looking at Colorado for prison reform. I think, as you know, our prison system is a disaster. It's a complete disaster.
4: All right, so first of all, he's for medical marijuana. He thinks he's for medical marijuana. He's heard good things about medical marijuana. This uh, comports with uh, an earlier remark he had made in the year.
3: Legalized marijuana is always a very difficult question for medicinal purposes, for medical purposes. Absolutely, it's fine.
4: So it seems as if Donald Trump is on board with medical marijuana, at least what he conceives medical marijuana to be. But more disturbing to me are his follow-up comments about legalization, saying he's gotten negative reports out of Colorado. And I I wonder what those reports could be. Could it be the uh, billion dollars in sales or the hundreds of millions in tax revenue or the fact that no more kids are using marijuana than had used marijuana before? Uh, Maybe he's referring to the edibles and and some of the problems that we heard with those with uh, Maureen Dowd and people overdoing it. But that was pretty much limited to the first year of rollout. Those things aren't happening anymore. The products have gotten better labeled and there's more education. Now, Trump's response with respect to prisons and our prisons being a disaster is a little bit more problematic.
3: Why does everybody
5: want to come here if we're not great? Uh, Everybody in the world wants to come here. And everybody does better in
3: this country than where they came from. Everybody. Other people have problems, too. By the way, with prisons, I I do think we can do a lot of privatizations and private prisons. It seems to work a lot better.
4: Somebody needs to inform Donald Trump that private prisons are not working a lot better. Private prisons are a shame and a disgrace on this country that require states to, like my home state of Idaho has a contract with private prisons that require them to be 90 percent full. If the prisons aren't 90 percent full, the state of Idaho has to pay a penalty to the private prison corporation. So, of course, that provides a whole bunch of incentive to keep stupid marijuana prohibition laws on the books so you can keep throwing people into the private prisons. The private prisons are not doing a better job than we had done previously, Donald Trump. But now we get to the uh, back and forth between Chris Matthews and Donald Trump, where Chris, Chris Matthews shows a bit of his reefer madness.
5: What are the problems you've heard about Colorado? Because uh, a lot of people wonder about who do you want smoking dope. I mean, do you want your train conductor, the bus driver, the airplane pilot? No. What do you want? Maybe the guy who teaches philosophy. It might be okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I mean, does anybody trust anybody who's high to do anything? Yeah. I mean, I'm serious about this.
3: Well, I mean, it's not, not recreational drugs. What's that the mean? There's a, lo- there's a lasting negative impact. I mean, you do the too loss much of, of ambition. Yeah I, no, mean, I it's think there's a there. loss there's a loss of something so uh that book has not been written yet but it's going to be written yeah. pretty soon and I'm not hearing very positive things yeah.
4: Well Okay, Chris Matthews, let's get a a couple of things straight. First of all, nobody wants the airline pilot, the surgeon, any of those people, the train car conductor, to be smoking weed on the job. Nobody's asking for that. And legalization does not give anyone a green light to go ahead and do that any more than legal alcohol gives you a green light to get drunk before you get on the air on MSNBC. Nobody's calling for that. Legalization does not make that more likely. People have – it's always been illegal to be high and be a pilot or to be high while you're uh – uh, in surgery. That's, that's medical malpractice. There's nothing about legalization that changes that, Chris Matthews. And this thing about losing ambition, losing uh, the, the, the negative effects of, of marijuana use. How many examples do we need to bring up of people who are leading successful lives who are current marijuana consumers? We can even just ignoring the entertainment industry and the sports industry. Ignore Michael Phelps, ignore Rihanna, ignore Seth Rogen, ignore Snoop Dogg, ignore Whoopi Goldberg, ignore all those people that are, seem to be doing just fine with their regular marijuana consumption. But there is a whole host of doctors and lawyers and plumbers and scientists and accountants and people in every profession out there who are regular marijuana consumers. You just don't know that they are. Chris Matthews is suffering from the same sort of selection bias most people suffer from when it comes to evaluating what a cannabis consumer is. They picture Leo from That 70s Show, Tommy Chong, you know, the, the Harold and Kumar, and imagine those guys operating on you or piloting the plane. No, it's just the regular old pilot and the regular old doctor. I smelled some marijuana smoke in Vietnam. It's not the worst thing ever, guys. Everyday, regular, normal people smoke marijuana. They do so on their off time, they have some fun doing it, they go to bed, they wake up sober the next day, and they go do their job. I'll bet even some MSNBC hosts might smoke some weed from time to time.
0: Gondrepreneur.com,
6: your guide to the cannabis business world.
5: our strains stretch everywhere too this is the cannabis radio network
4: new beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time why struggle get a new instrument or fix the old one the trusted professionals at the fingerboard extension will evaluate your instrument for free repairs are priced for people who work for a living Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at FingerboardExtension.com.
1: The Russ Belleville Show, where the truth about marijuana gets more than a minute to speak.
5: Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news
3: and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The State of Cannabis.
4: Today in the Drug War Data Mines, we are taking a look at the latest survey data coming out of the state of Florida. And I want to thank the folks out there in Florida that got me this information. And I'm trying to find the gentleman who emailed it to me. There we go. There's his name. Jeff Canning uh, emailed me this information. And uh, big thanks on this Florida report And let's see if I can. I'm trying to find the name of the group. There we go. This is from the St. Leo University Polling Institute. St. Leo University, Florida, found that 68.1% of respondents strongly or somewhat agree that the Florida legislature should approve medical marijuana for Florida resident use. Only 27.6% strongly or somewhat disagree. Now, Florida does have limited uh, CBD only medical marijuana, and this March 25th, Governor Rick Scott signed a bill that allows terminally ill patients to use marijuana to ease their physical suffering. But that's just people on their deathbed, folks. This is not the broad medical marijuana amendment that's being called for in 2016. Keep in mind also in Florida that amendments have to be passed with 60% of the vote, not 50. 60% 60% of the vote. And in 2014, they narrowly missed getting legal medical marijuana in Florida with just 58% of the vote. So this poll showing 68% support bodes well for the chances of medical marijuana coming to Florida in 2016. We've got the breakdown by race, by age, and by party. And where we're what we're finding here at Cannabis Radio News is nobody. Doesn't support the, the legalization of medical marijuana in Florida. We can't find a demographic group that is opposed to it. Looking at the young people aged 18 to 35, 45% strongly agree that medical marijuana should be legal, with another 22% who somewhat agree at 67% support. Looking at the people in middle-aged, age 36 to 55, 44% strongly agree, 24% somewhat agree, that's 68%. That's right, there's stronger support among middle-aged people than young people just by a percentage point, but it's there. And for people over the age of 56, 41.5% strong support, 27.1% somewhat support, that's 68.6%. So while these numbers are just tiny increments, the older you get in Florida, the more you support medical marijuana. We also have the data breaking this down uh, in racial demographics among white respondents, 44.9% strongly agree, 25.5% somewhat agree. So we're talking there 70.4% support for medical marijuana among white respondents. Among black respondents, 66.7%. So slightly lower support among black respondents, but still two out of three black folks in Florida think the legislature should legalize medical marijuana. Now, when we take a look at this breakdown uh, by party affiliation, looking at the Democrats in the state of Florida, we have 53.5% strongly agree. So a majority strongly agrees medical marijuana should be legal, with another 23% who somewhat agree, making 76.5% of Florida Democrats in support of medical marijuana. More than three out of four Florida Democrats but what about the Florida Republicans? 29.3% strongly agree, 30.3% somewhat agree. It's the only demographic group we could find where the somewhats slightly outnumbered the strongly, but just barely. It was just about even there, 29.3 versus 30.3 for a cumulative percentage among Republicans of 59.6%. We're at a point now where Florida Republicans by themselves could almost pass medical marijuana in the state of Florida. It seems to me that we are very likely to get medical marijuana in the state of Florida. And the legislature has got themselves in a bind because they have been towing this CBD only line. And trying to keep it as restricted as possible and rebuffing all efforts to expand medical cannabis access to all of the patients who could benefit from it. Let me get to just those cases of the epileptic kids who end up on the evening news. And now with Governor Scott's recent signature, uh, adding the terminally ill patients and and this terminally ill thing, by the way, uh, is not a new law, so to speak. It's more of an expansion of the existing law. Florida has for a long time had a law that allows access to experimental drugs that have yet to pass FDA muster for people who are terminal. The idea being, well, if you're going to die, what's, why are we worried about whether the FDA says it's any good? That law has just been expanded to include cannabis. So people on their deathbed can now make use of cannabis. That's not good enough. You shouldn't have to be on death's door to be able to access a non-toxic healing herb. The people of Florida are going to make their voices heard this election cycle. If you haven't already registered or checked this out, Go to unitedforcare.org. That's the organization in Florida putting together the Medical Marijuana Initiative. United for Care will give you all of the information you need. And it may not be uh, medical marijuana like we have out west. I don't believe the United for Care initiative allows for home grow, for example. But these are the steps that need to be taken to get medical marijuana passed, and then we can work to improve it. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we hope to be speaking with Matthew Mills from MedX-RX.com. We're going to talk a little bit about marijuana investing right after this.
1: This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
5: Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio.
3: I uh, hope everybody's got their vape pan handy or their pipe or their bong or whatever you use to do your medicine. But you don't, it's not a requirement. You don't have to be high for this show. Yeah, you do. <laughs> okay. I don't know who you're talking to. You have to be high to do anything. <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> I don't know about you. In fact, I've been high so long that being straight is another high.
5: The Tommy Chunk Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome to my world. The Russ Belleville Show reminds you
4: to never smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks are far less than those posed by legal drugs.
5: How high do you like your profit margin?
4: CannabisRadio.com
1: The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life, conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our cannabis community chat.
4: Welcome back, everybody, 32 after the hour here at uh, Cannabis Radio, and joining us on the telephone is Matthew Mills, I believe. Matthew, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for calling in, and uh, we were getting you on the line here to talk all about MedX-RX. Do I have that correct?
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's MedX, Inc. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, the, web, the website to our company actually bounces to our crowdfunding platform. to show the world uh, that they're able to get involved in the world's first Regulation A-plus offering uh, for all types of investors, big and small.
4: Now, this is an area that's new to a lot of people. Uh, a lot of my audience are people that have been longtime cannabis consumers, and now they're very excited about the uh, the industry taking off and want to get a piece of it, want to invest in this, be the next, uh, you know, invest in the next Yahoo, the next Google, whatever it might be. Uh, but the the pathway is, is fraught with all sorts of difficulties and, and shysters and scams that a lot of naive investors might fall for. Can you tell us a little bit about your platform and how that can Help people.
2: Well, yeah, and, and you're right. You know, there's there's uh, all kinds of things going out in this industry. It's a, a brand new industry, so you know, buyer beware. And and this was this is what Regulation A plus is is really all about. It allows investors uh, to uh, get involved in a company that's been somewhat scrutinized. So, in order for us to have this position as a Regulation A plus uh, offering. Uh, we had to go through uh, the JOBS Act um, scrutiny by the SEC as well as FINRA um, doing, you know, the whole bad actor, background checks, really looking at the company. We had to turn in audited financials. And, you know, once we are approved, you know, our minimum investment is $420.00 for 700 shares. So it puts you in a place where, you know, and this is why this was created, it allows people to get involved and let's just say a business, the business model doesn't go to the next level. It's not taking your life savings away. It's, it's gathering a huge crowd. It's putting small amounts of money from each person to allow a company like ours to create jobs and grow its business. Um, fortunately for us, um, we're very focused on the bottom line um as a management team none of us are drawing salaries we have very minimal overhead we've got real products that are now making their way and next week there's actually a press release that'll be coming out making our way um, to our first positioning of revenue for the company with our nature side product, which is a uh, an insecticide that's been approved uh, for cannabis cultivation in the three recreational states—Colorado, Oregon, and Washington—and and this is the kind of thing that investors want to see. They want to see a management team that's got a track record uh, in this industry. You probably recognize there's not a lot of guys out there with a lengthy track record. There's some, and there's some great companies to invest in, but a lot of these startups. Startups or, or, or startup companies that management might not have a, a real track record, and that's where we differ here at NetEx.
4: So uh, you keep mentioning the uh, regulate A plus uh, uh, investment. Uh, give give people an idea what does that mean? Uh, who's who's giving you this A plus? Who's grading you?
2: Well, it, it, it's it's just called Regulation A plus. It's not it isn't a grade. Um, what it is, it's derived from the Jump Start Your Business. Um, initiative from the Jobs Act of 2012 um, that got put in place. Uh, the idea of this got put in place after the big crash in the economy, and uh, after years of discussions and Congress kicking it around and, and doing what needed to be done, um, they made sure that the SEC uh, focused on this and launched it. And, and what it does is it allows, uh, you know, everyday Americans. Um, the ability to get in on the ground floor, like like you just said, Yahoo, Facebook, uh, Apple, all of these companies when they initially started out, you as a, a regular, you know, Joe or Jane in America. You couldn't get involved in that. The only people that got those calls were the millionaires, the people that have a lot of money that were the first ones in, and they are the ones that can afford to take risk. And now, because of this new regulation, it allows uh, everyone to get in in a low dollar amount, giving the company the ability to gather the capital from the masses and giving the investor, uh, you know, the Joe and Jane regular American, the ability to get in on that ground floor where they wouldn't have been able to do it before okay. and uh it, it's proving it's itself with another company another company recently ahead of us called elio they're a car company a three-wheeled car company really unique business model they launched and raised 17 million dollars and they sold stock at $12 a share and last time I looked they were hovering right around the $20 mark out on the OTCQX so some pretty happy investors there that have been in that deal for, you know, less than a year, and it's already seeing an upward push because of the market segment and and enabling companies like this to do this. And, you know, we feel that uh, we're going to follow the same path. We're very focused as a group, and between uh, our product line, the nature-side product line, the insecticide products that are making their way into cannabis cultivation, along with our digital publication, the Marijuana Times. We feel we're going to be able to drive revenue and uh, make investors happy and give them a, a, a progress of the company and, and just move this thing forward. So it's a very exciting time for us. The crowdfunding initiative is going very well. And uh, it's, again, a very exciting time for us. And. You know, we're not really celebrating. We have more of a responsibility here because we are the first cannabis company um, in America to get this position. So it's, it's you know, a little bit celebratory, but at the same time, the responsibility factor of making sure we really go somewhere to pave the way for others to follow this this uh, this pathway that's been built for us um, is really uh, important to us and others in the industry.
4: We're speaking with Matthew Mills from MedX, Inc., and you can find their website at medx rx Dot com and this is kind of interesting to me because it seems to be this and, and the paradigm you're describing isn't just limited to cannabis you mentioned that that three wheel car company but it seems to be this is the the investment version of say uber or uh, a GoFundMe or all these other kind of uh, online systems that have allowed us to gather and harness the power of many small individuals to do what it used to take one Big individual. Hell, I could even mention, you know, Bernie Sanders' campaign with his small donations versus super PACs. It seems to be, this is the new wave.
2: Yeah, you know, that's, that's right. And, and especially on the investor front, I mean, you start looking at this thing and you recognize that in the past, you know, from eBay to Yahoo, like we were talking about before, I mean, you get to, like Facebook. Let's take Facebook, for instance. When Facebook became available to the public, it was in the, you know, it was a double-digit number. It was in the 30s. It was an IPO, and it shot up, and then it shot down. And you know, can you imagine if you were able to get in on on the ground floor when they first started that company with 500, a thousand dollars, you know, a dollar or two dollars a share? Hmm. <laughs> And it came out in i p o and kind of like elio you know they they were twelve bucks now they're sitting at twenty. You start looking at this kind of thing and and you recognize that there could be a big opportunity here for a little bit of money that i mean for us, especially you know you think four hundred and twenty dollars. Four hundred I live in Los Angeles. Things are expensive here. Four hundred and twenty dollars is a nice night out with uh, with my wife and and my daughters and go have a nice meal and maybe see a movie or or you know maybe go to a show downtown and you know it 's gone um, you know this is uh, the ability to take a small amount of money and and take a gamble. On a management team, and and I'm just going to be real frank with everybody. Buyers need to be aware. You need to go do your due diligence. You need to look at the companies. The information's out there. Um, These companies and our company, you know, there's a ton of information. There's an offering circular that everybody needs to look at. Uh, It's detailed. It 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 warns you you could lose all your money, and and that's the attitude you have to take. However, if you're smart and you know how to do a little bit of reading to see where the management teams come from, how much money are they taking in salaries, do they have a big giant operating expense. You know, these are the things you really need to look at and, and understand before you get involved in an investment. And it's not that, that difficult. You know, it's it's common sense, you know, really, you know, when you really look at it.
4: And, and as far as what people are investing in, you mentioned some of the products. Uh, are, is your company more involved in helping other companies market different products or are you the direct company that's making the product and selling it?
2: We're we make uh, we're the manufacturer uh, of the insecticide products uh, that we sell. We've also developed a soil product that is an insecticidal infused soil. We've just filed for patent protection on that product. Um, that should be uh, available later this year. But we're a, a cannabis ancillary products company, similar to the Gold Rush. The companies that made all the money around the gold rush were the guys who sold the picks and shovels. Um, we're the picks and shovels of the green rush. So there's a big issue right now with pesticides and cannabis and marijuana, uh, you know, as well as hemp. Uh, a lot of issues with pesticides being used, um, poisoning patients. Uh, this has been going on for a while, and now that oversight is coming into place in Colorado, Oregon, and Washington, um, the issue stands out. Uh, quarantines, seizures of, of uh, you know thousands and thousands of plants are, are happening, so they don't fall in the hands of the patients uh, to be, you know, using marijuana that's tainted with pesticides. So we we sat back and watched this a couple of years ago and realized, hey, there's a big opportunity here. We've got this pesticide product that's moving into uh, pest control and hospitality for other uses that works really good with cannabis. So we had to start testing it. Got now two years of testing behind it. Works incredible, and now farms uh, in California. Uh, are starting to use the product, and the results are astounding. Um, and, and, again, we don't touch the plant. Uh, we touched it for research and development. We don't touch it. We don't sell the plant. So we've got bank accounts, and, you know, we're an audited company, so it's, it's a little different than getting involved in the, hey, we're going to get involved in the dispensary business or the, uh, you know, or the cultivation business, which federally is not allowed yet. You can't have a bank account uh, if you're in those businesses uh, on a state level. Well, um, in multiple states and we kind of want to stay away from that until the federal uh, government um, decides and we think it's coming. We we knew Regulation A was coming and we planned for it and sure enough it happened and you know we're planning for uh, the feds to knock uh, marijuana uh, into a Schedule Two drug so that it does give the ability for banking to happen and become legitimate and when that happens in our two years of learning cultivation and supercritical extraction for extraction of essential oils uh, on on cannabis, we've uh, we've gotten ourselves positioned. So when this does happen. Uh, we can grow world-class uh, 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 medical marijuana uh, for patients that's not only organic but uh, really high in CBD levels, uh, low in THC levels. It's what we kind of specialize in, amongst other things that are going to come out of our, our research and development that we're working on now.
4: It sounds wonderful. It's uh, medx-rx.com if you want more information. Matthew Mills from MedX, Inc. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today and inform us. A bit on this investment opportunity.
2: You got it. Thanks for having me on. All
4: right, stay tuned, folks. We'll be back with a radical rant right after this.
1: This is the Russ Bellville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
5: Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at
4: orangehilldevelopment.com.
5: Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network.
4: Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com.
1: You're listening to Radical Rust on the Russ Belleville Show.
3: Tommy Chung Show on Cannabis Radio. You know, about this podcast, what I really want to do from now on is to solve world problems. I feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how we can save this planet.
5: The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on
3: CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world, world. must
2: wage what I have called total war against public enemy number
6: one. I support a
7: change in law, ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of
3: marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it. Is probably the most dangerous drug.
7: Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make them.
3: I experimented with marijuana at a time or two and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant.
4: Today on the Rand, I want to talk about marijuana and driving. It's a subject we bring up quite a bit here on the show, and I always like to approach this with facts, science, reason, and logic. Today, we get some more science. This comes from the British Medical Journal, uh, and the BMJ Open is the journal, I should say. And the study is entitled Prevalence, of, oops, it scrolled too far. There we go. <laughs> prevalence of alcohol and drug use in injured British Columbia drivers, uh, headed by uh, Dr. Jeffrey Brubaker. And it's an interesting study. Uh, what they were measuring here is the prevalence of drug use in injured drivers and to identify associated demographic factors and crash characteristics. They got their information from seven trauma centers, ERs, right, in British Columbia, Canada, between 2010 and 2012, and it consisted of drivers who had blood uh, samples that had been obtained within six hours of a crash. And it's interesting how they put this study together. Uh, In their strengths and limitations, they point out that they analyzed blood samples for the presence of active drugs allowing them to determine the prevalence of recent drug use in injured drivers, most previous North American studies were unable to distinguish between drivers with positive metabolites and those with active drug in their blood. So that's the first thing. They're trying to narrow this down to the active THC. So many of the previous studies talk about metabolites, which the very word metabolize means that you're no longer under the influence of the drug. You've metabolized it. They furthermore uh, go on to say, rather than reporting the results of drug tests performed for clinical purposes, that is, based on clinical suspicion of drug use, we analyzed excess blood that had been obtained for other clinical purposes, that is, not for drug screening. In this way, we avoided the risk of selecting only drivers suspected for using drugs. This is an important caveat. In previous studies, when they take a look at the blood in injured drivers the reason for collecting the blood is the suspicion that the driver was impaired. Given that you're already selecting, you're having a selection bias for those who were in, who were exhibiting the characteristics of impairment. And you're ignoring those who could have been sampled, who had THC in their system, but didn't seem to be impaired. They just got in a, a car accident. They got T-boned or rear-ended. It wasn't their fault, right? And instead, they're getting blood from, you know, if they, if they took them in for to test uh, uh, their blood. I don't know what you'd test blood for in a car wreck. Uh, <laughs> whether they got uh, a disease or something. I don't know. But something other than the fact they got in a wreck. So that was added or that was a part of this sample, unlike many other studies where all they're looking at is people they thought were impaired drivers. And so as they analyze this, they also point out that the blood volumes that are small and limited uh, did not always have sufficient blood to perform quantification of drugs. Other than cannabinoids. So this is important. They say, you know, because when they're t- doing the, dr- the tests for the other medical purposes, they use most of the blood they test. And there's only a small excess amount left. And that may not be enough to detect cocaine or meth or heroin or other drugs other than cannabinoids. See that again, because cannabinoids stay in the system for so long and are so detectable. And they only obtained blood from those drivers who had serious enough injuries that they required blood analysis. This means drivers with minor injuries were not included, and our findings do not apply to drivers with less serious injuries. But again, if if the wreck was not that serious, what are we worried about, right? We are worried whether or not cannabis use causes people to get into serious wrecks that cause injury. So that's the setup. That's what we got as the setup. We're, we're going to take a look at everybody who ended up in the er for a car wreck whether or not we thought they were impaired at the time whether or not the blood was taken for a drug screening instead it might have been taken for other medical purposes so how did that change the results what difference did they get in this report than previous reports that have said you know the the crash risk is two times greater if you smoke marijuana, if there's any detectable marijuana in your system. Well, there's two major points that came out of this from from testing all these people, from, from broadening the scope. And here's one of the points. The second most common recreational drug and most common illicit drug detected was cannabis. 12.6% of drivers tested positive for cannabis metabolites. were positive for delta-9-THC, and 3% had delta-9-THC that was greater than three nanograms per milliliter. Okay, so we got about one out of eight drivers who is a pot smoker, right, have metabolites. We got about one out of 14 drivers that are regular pot smokers because they've got active THC in their system. And we've got 3%, about one out of 33 people that uh, have three nanograms or more. So off the bat, we don't have that many people that we're talking about. They also note that the Delta 9 THC was more often detected in male drivers and in drivers aged under 30 years. Okay. Now, this is something that we found in a previous study that was pointing out once you corrected for the fact that most of the people getting injured in crashes are the same young male drivers who are lousy drivers whether they're stoned or not the same young male demographic that's more likely to take risks to to drive uh, more aggressively once you factor that out cannabis had no effect whatsoever right you remember us talking about that a couple of weeks ago here's what they found in this study Delta-9-THC was not found significantly more often in drivers admitted to the hospital. Got it? When we admit drivers to the hospital who get in car wrecks, there's no statistical difference between whether or not they smoked pot or did not. We're not more likely to find active THC in the blood of someone in a car wreck. Nor were they more likely to find THC in people involved in nighttime crashes or weekend crashes. So that theory that, you know, you'll go out at night and party or you'll be out on the weekend and party and that's more like, you know, smoking pot and that's more likely to get in your crash. No, not found to be true. The second point they make here. Delta 9 THC greater than three nanograms per milliliter was more common in males and in drivers aged under 30. Again, so the chance you have a greater degree of active THC in your system does correlate with whether or not you're a young male because young males are more likely to be smoking pot. So it doesn't tell us anything we don't know. But here's the part we didn't know. Unlike the case with alcohol, this was not seen more commonly in drivers admitted to the hospital nor in those involved in nighttime or single vehicle crashes. So once again, when we get drivers admitted to the hospital in a car wreck compared to being admitted to the hospital for any other reason, you're more likely to find alcohol in the blood of that driver compared to the average hospital admittance. But you're not more likely to find cannabis in the blood of the driver compared to the average hospital admittance. This is the latest study that has refined the search and refined the definitions and found out that what we've all known is true. There is no SMOF. SMOF stands for stoned mayhem on the freeways. There is no SMOF. There is no problem out there demanding to be solved of people stoned out of their minds causing wrecks and hurting and killing people. It doesn't exist. This is not to say that someone won't get super stoned and get in a wreck and die. The point is, that's more not any more likely than them not being stoned and getting in a wreck and dying. This is not to say that getting stoned doesn't impair your driving abilities to some extent. Just like it isn't untrue to say that marijuana smoke has carcinogens in it. But the operating point here that's important is not whether or not marijuana impairs you or has carcinogens. It's whether or not marijuana leads to a wreck or leads to cancer. And it does not in either of those cases. In the case of the cigarette smoke or the the cannabis smoke, yes, the cannabis smoke has carcinogens in it, but it also has THC. And the THC mitigates the carcinogenic effect of the, tom- of the smoke from uh, hydrocarbon combustion. So, yes, it's more carcinogenic, but it counters that carcinogenic effect with THC. Likewise, yes, directly inhaling cannabis and immediately get behind the wheel will impair your ability to react quickly, to handle divided attention tasks and so forth. But it's also mitigated. By the fact that cannabis tends to let, you know, when you're too impaired and you tend to compensate for those factors, you drive slower, you take less chances, you change lanes less often. So this is always a tough discussion because there's such emotion around the concept of drunk driving and for so long, drunk driving went unaddressed in our society until mothers against drunk driving in the 80s brought it to our attention and all the the terrible devastation that families went through because of drunk drivers and there was also big tobacco in the past that lied about its product said doctors smoke camels right and tried to hook kids but because alcohol did something in the past or tobacco did something in the past does not guarantee that the same effect is relevant for cannabis. It's not. Marijuana doesn't have to lie about its product because its product isn't toxic and addictive. Marijuana drivers don't have to have the same sort of uh, consideration as alcohol drivers because their product doesn't cause them to behave irrationally, misestimate their uh, abilities, and destroy their judgment. The simplest question... Where are the bodies? Where are the bodies from the stone mayhem on the freeways? That's all the time we got for Hour 1. Stay tuned. Hour 2 is up next with more news stories and your calls at 971-533-7111. For everyone here at Cannabis Radio, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for everything.
1: This is the Russ Bellville Show. The Russ Bellville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. And until next time, you take,
2: scene, take
7: care planet, of each other, you Tokers. It, you're giant, you're rodent, you're you take a
0: seed, you plan it, you grow it, you try it, you're own it, you scroll in You take a seed, you plan it, you're giant, you're rodent, you're you grow it, you try it, you run it, you
7: scroll it, and it goes down to hair.
5: Hey, this is great. Freedom, freedom, like cannabis.
1: Freedom, Plus your calls, live at 971-533-7111. Freedom, freedom. They're walking
5: on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the enemy man, the Snoopy, Snoopy poop dog.
7: What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory does work.
3: It's a reality.
0: Holland, is it real? Don't tease me.
3: We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and and the the next thing you know, they got 10 years.
1: And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint,
4: radical Russ Bellville. Welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you here, Tokers and Tokets, and non token lovers of liberty. I'm Radical Russ, coming to you live from beautiful Grasstoria, Oregon. That's right, we're back in Astoria, home of the Goonies, never say die. Visiting my sister from another Mr. Cannabis Carrie, up here, enjoying a nice sunny day in northern Oregon, northwest coast here. Beautiful day, looking out over the Columbia River. Not a cloud in the sky. I brought me back some decent weather from Phoenix, I think. Good to be back here in Oregon where there's actually some humidity. <laughs> my skin uh, thanks you for the, uh, the change of venue. And I thank you for all of your support. Uh, I announced the other day on my Facebook page that I've been promoted to news director for CannabisRadio.com. And with that, we've made some upgrades to the Cannabis Radio News All new, freshly written news stories for you every day. Five to six of the latest headlines available on the Cannabis Radio News Podcast. It's available as a separate podcast. So if you don't have time to listen to the whole two-hour Russ Belville show, Toker Talk radio combo, you can go ahead and just download the Cannabis Radio News Podcast. It's your headlines in four minutes and 20 seconds. So really excited about that and... We've been added to Apple News, so we'll be coming through on Apple News soon. And uh, we were recently added to iHeartRadio as well. So we are the source for your cannabis news here, com. All right. Uh, let me uh, take a look at oh, – we mentioned how this Saturday is the uh, D.C. marijuana smokeout. <coughs> and um, – They're bringing a 15 foot or 51 foot uh, replica joint and it's got some controversy. There's a lot of folks in my feed, uh, you know, the professionals in marijuana activism, both the national and state level groups who are kind of, I I don't know if upset's the right word, but they think it's stupid. (laughs) They think doing a big smoke out is stupid And, and I don't know if it's stupid. I just think it may just be too late. Right? Like, I wrote in Facebook that uh, this was a great idea for 2006. <laughs> right? Do, do a big smoke out in the White House in front of George W. Bush in 2006 calling for marijuana legalization when there's no state that's legal makes some sense. But these guys are going to be taking a 51 foot joint to the White House in Washington, D.C., where marijuana is legal to cultivate and possess. And when we've got four states, that are legal. And I understand that the idea is to call, you know, call on President Barack Obama to deschedule marijuana before he leaves office. I think, you know, (laughs) that's not likely to happen, even though Gary Johnson seems to think so. Um, But I think it does a disservice to President Obama's legacy on the issue of marijuana legalization. And I can already imagine some people kind of raising their hackles at that. What, Obama good on marijuana legalization? The guy who presided over more medical marijuana raids than any other president? That guy? The guy who laughed, said that uh, legalization wouldn't fix the economy back in 2009? He's good on marijuana? Yes, folks, I'm going to make the case that President Obama has been the best president on marijuana in our lifetime. Stay tuned. We come back from break in just a couple of minutes. I'll outline my case. We'll also take a look at the other event happening this Saturday, the Ann Arbor Hash Bash at the University of Michigan-Diag. Ten for two. Happening ever since 1972. Taking place this weekend.
1: This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
5: every strain every sale every medical study keep it right here on the cannabis radio network
1: You can find Radical Russ online everywhere. Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, SoundCloud, Snapchat, LinkedIn, and Boise State University's 2400 Bod modem bulletin board system from 1985.
5: Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone. Of Tilk Radio.
3: All you have to do is decriminalize. We don't need a government regulation to tell us this is good plot, that's bad plot. We don't need any of that.
5: The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world.
1: Warning, it's taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. Or at least they pay me to say that. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com. And you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com.
4: Welcome back, everybody. We are eight after the hour here in Astoria, Oregon. Our phone lines are open, as they are always in hour two. You can call any weekday between 4 and 5 Pacific time, and I am here live, ready to take your call. If you agree, you disagree, you want to argue, you want to vent, whatever it is, we love talking to you here. We are the voice of the Marijuana Nation, and that means your voice. We're the place to get your voice on air. And joining us on the phone lines at 971-533-7111, we got a caller from the 607 area code. You're on the air with Toker Talk Radio. What's up?
7: Ross is Victor Tiffany with the Revolt Against Plutocracy.
4: Oh, I'm so glad you called. I got your email earlier and I was really excited to be able to talk to you about this subject. Uh, revolt against plutocracy. And uh, this gentleman and, and what's your name again? Victor, Tiffany. Victor. Thank you, Victor. Victor uh, reached out to me by email based on a lot of the political writing I've been doing on Huffington post regarding my stance of Bernie or bust. And, you know, you're talking to a marijuana talk show here, Victor, and there's a lot of Bernie Sanders fans online here. They love his support of marijuana legalization. Give us the broader view though, from your perspective of why uh, this movement is so important.
7: Well, sure. We want to, um, uh... Quit throwing people in jail for something that shouldn't even be a crime. But, uh, the whole concept of Bernier bus, which is a pledge people can take to either write in Bernie in the or vote for the Green Party candidate if he's not, if Sanders is not the uh, nominee of the Democratic Party. And the whole idea behind this is to build up Enough people taking this Bernie or Bush pledge out there at bernieorbust so that we make it very clear to Democrats if they do not nominate Bernie Sanders, they will not win the White House.
4: Now, I have get, gotten pushback on this from people that accuse me. Of, I bet you have <laughs> of, of, of supporting Donald Trump. If you don't vote for the Democratic nominee, no matter who it is, you're enabling the evil, terrible Republican to get in office. What's your response to that?
7: Yeah, that's the blackmail they've been using for years. Uh, and basically, we're done with the whole, uh, you know, you've got to choose the lesser, in this case, of two revolting plutocrats. Uh, Trump's revolting for the obvious reasons. He, he does an impressive uh, impersonation of uh, Benito, uh, Benito Mussolini. And, and Hillary's, uh, Hillary Clinton's revolting, in our view, because her husband own five uh, very nice, luxurious mansions, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the American dream. However, last year she took $250,000 out of the donations that people are uh, sending her. Some working-class people send maybe a dollar a week. Obviously, fat cats donate 2700 at a clip, um, and she took $250,000 of that and put it in her bank account, which um, is pretty revolting. So we don't accept this lesser of two revolting plutocrats for not just that reason, but <clears throat> she's more hawkish than Trump in foreign policy. I mean, Trump's to her left in, on a variety of issues. Very important is the fact that uh, Secretary Clinton and Donald Trump both support fracking. If we continue to expand fracking, whether it's regulated or not, we're going to accelerate climate change. and <clears throat> We're at a point near a tipping point with climate change. If we don't immediately get a handle on this and, and make a rapid transition to sustainable green energy sources, uh, it, it's going to be too late. There are already a number of positive feedback loops in place. That means just to give an example, uh, when the as the temperatures rise due to the greenhouse effect, ice melts on the Arctic Ocean. And then the ocean absorbs more heat in the summer, which leads to more ice melt, which leads to more heat absorption, which leads to more ice melt. That's a positive feedback. And there are a lot of these actually underway. We don't have another four years to uh, wait for someone to get into office who will stop hydrofracking. And, and, and turn this uh, energy away from fossil fuels toward, toward uh, sustainable energy. It's now or never. So we just don't accept uh, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Uh, and, if, and if they want to tell us, uh, wow, you're going to help elect Donald Trump, just reply qu- quoting Secretary Clinton. What difference does it make? Mm.
4: we're speaking with Victor from revolt against plutocracy and can you give people some of the contact info or online lookup if they want to get involved with you guys
7: sure it's Dot uh, org is the easiest way to find us burnierbus will work burnierbus 2016 org and burnerbus 2016com all of those will get you to our website you can um, leave your take a pledge and leave contact information. I will send you a reminder. The part, this is not a petition that you sign and forget. The pledge has two parts, not only committing you to vote in a certain way in November, if Senator Sanders is, is the democratic party nominee. And that's still a possibility. Uh, which case obviously we want to vote for the only candidate who supports legalization of marijuana, but also, uh, Um, pledges you to find two more people to take the pledge supposedly 33 percent of the Bernie craft out there will not support Hillary Clinton I'm surprised it's that low but that's a lot of people out there who might take this pledge and they're easy to find if you're on social media you can you can find people supporting uh Bernie Sanders and just ask them will you take the pledge And, and and give them the URL to our website. And if they say no, go find someone else. It's, it's not hard to find two people. It's not a pledge, it's a movement.
4: Yeah. Well, Victor, uh, I love the pledge. I, I've taken it myself. Uh, but if, if I remember correctly, the pledge is that uh, should Bernie not be the nominee, we'll vote for Jill Stein of the Green Party, but she's not on the ballot in all 50 states. So in the states where she's not, write in Bernie Sanders. Could you could this pledge be modified to include uh, the libertarian candidate, Gary Johnson, who is very strong on the marijuana legalization issue?
7: Um, No, we actually uh, went over this quite thoroughly. We're not voting for candidates. We're voting for overall uh, the alternative to writing in uh, Sanders is is, uh, focused not on a candidate, Jill Stein, but on the Green Party platform. Okay. Which is as close to any other platform we have found out there to Bernie Sanders platform. Gotcha. So and, and that and we're going to stay that way. It's uh while we appreciate the libertarian stands stand on civil rights and, and legalizing behavior that should be legal in the first place. Overall the Green Party platform is closest to Bernie Sanders.
4: Okay, so this is this is really kind of a, a movement that's on the Democratic left kind of side of things. And, and those folks that are on the right that might be Gary Johnson fans might not have been likely to vote for Bernie Sanders anyway.
7: Well, I mean, that's up to them. People can revolt against the two uh, plutocrats any way they want. Okay, We're happy with any rejection of the establishment.
4: That's fantastic. And, and you know, Victor, this is getting a lot more... Mainstream coverage as of late, particularly with two actresses who've come out. Uh, Susan Sarandon had a very uh, uh, well publicized uh, discussion with uh, one of the MSNBC hosts on this. And then Rosario Dawson okay. just did a, a fiery speech in the Bronx the other day. Uh, what's your take on the, the, the newfound attention to this movement?
7: Well, it was clearly Sarandon that, that brought the most attention, even though she didn't actually use the phrase Bernie or Um, uh, The headlines, whether it was New York Times from uh, Charles, yeah, that's his name. Charles Blow? I can't think of his name. Blow, yes. Charles Blow or a, a number of blogs that uh, really got down on the whole Bernie or Bust" concept, you know, because for the very reasons that, that you've already expressed, oh my God, you're you're going to help elect the uh, Mr. Orange for president, but we just don't accept we just don't accept that blackmail anymore. We're not going to leave our consciences home on November eighth when we go vote. We shouldn't have to do that anymore.
4: Wow. I love the uh, I love the stand, and I'm all behind it. I encourage people to check out BernieOrBust.org or one of the uh, variations that Victor mentioned. And, Victor, thanks for reaching out and, and getting in touch with us. I appreciate the work that you're doing.
7: Well, we appreciate what you wrote on uh, on Huffington's host and, and your support for our effort.
4: Well, there's more coming, I assure you of that. Thanks so much, my man. That sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. org. You can check that out if you want more information. And uh, before we go to break, uh, one quick note about uh, Republicans, right? Uh, because this we, we talk a lot on the left here because I'm kind of a lefty, but I got a lot of Republican friends. And I wanted to bring up this quick story uh, <laughs> where one Republican is attacking another Republican. This is in the state of Pennsylvania, where state Senate candidate Andrew Lewis is calling out his GOP primary opponent, John DeSanto, after DeSanto backed off of supporting marijuana legalization. We got two Republicans in Pennsylvania fighting each other other over who is the more supportive of marijuana legalization. Uh, Lewis said, quote, While my opponent may be uncertain as to what exactly he would do with such a serious issue as drug policy and the legalization of a drug like marijuana, I am committed to the health and well-being of families to receive the medical help they need, all the while making sure drug dealers aren't given a free pass to peddle a drug that could destroy the lives of families in our community." End quote wow folks somebody check the temperature in hell we have crossed over into bizarro land two Pennsylvania Republicans fighting over who's more of a legalizer
7: yo it's me Rocky
4: (laughs) happy 420 everyone from the mouth of the Columbia River and the Pacific Ocean here in Astoria Oregon it's a beautiful day We've got to get to our union-mandated safety briefing. I hope everything is safe for you as well. We're back in just two
5: minutes. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level, good morning, it's good news with cannabis nurse Heather.
0: This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world.
7: I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead.
0: And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
0: This is Cannabis Facts from Robert The TheSilverTour.org. Supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. In 1937, the second most prescribed medicine, marijuana, was banned. It wasn't about marijuana. The paper, oil, and chemical industries lobbied to end hemp farming. No longer labor-intensive, an acre of hemp produced more quality paper than four acres of trees. Plastics and fibers could be produced from a plant. Hemp can even produce ten times the energy of today's ethanol. As marijuana prohibition ends, many states now allow farmers to again grow hemp. This was Cannabis Facts from thesilvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp, Inc., a public company poised to process America's hemp crop at hempinc.com.
5: We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance
4: Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com.
1: Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? You're tuned into the Russ Bellville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com.
4: Welcome back. Thanks, Dan Michaels. It's 23 after the hour, and I had mentioned earlier in this hour that I was going to make the case that Barack Obama is the best U.S. president on marijuana we've ever had. So here goes. Uh, First, let's begin with the disclaimer that the bar is not that high. (laughs) Okay. Um, Remember that looking back over our U.S. presidents, George W. Bush, not too positive on the issue, very anti-medical marijuana. Bill Clinton was anti-medical marijuana. A lot of people don't remember this, but in 1996, after California and Arizona had passed their medical marijuana statutes, Arizona's turned out to be uh, ineffective because of the word prescription. But after this had become a reality that people were going to have legal access to marijuana, the Clinton administration, and at this time was uh, his chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, you know, the guy who, uh, or his policy advisor, Rahm Emanuel, the, the same one uh, who is the mayor of Chicago who's tried to hide the killing of Laquan uh, up there in Chicago, that guy, that scumbag. Well, Rahm Emanuel was in charge of trying to respond to the legalization of medical marijuana in California in Clinton's second term and did so by threatening doctors. They threatened that they would take the prescription rights because all prescriptions are federal, right? It's handled Controlled Substances Act. If They want to prescribe you Oxycontin or they want to prescribe you, you know, Ambien or something. That's a federal license. The Clinton administration, through Rahm Emanuel, threatened doctors with loss of their federal prescription license if they recommended medical marijuana, if they merely talked about medical marijuana. This put a chilling effect at the beginning of the medical marijuana era from these doctors, legit doctors who didn't want to lose their license to prescribe prescribe other drugs. It had to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Conant V. Walters, I believe, was the name of the uh, Supreme Court case, Conant had to sue this doctor had to sue saying look you you can't punish me for the first amendment i may be a doctor but i still have first amendment rights i still have the right to free speech you can't curtail the content of my speech especially in the context of the doctor patient relationship And they won that case. So that's why medical marijuana was allowed to proceed and why every medical marijuana law refers to recommendations, because that's a doctor's free speech right that cannot be infringed. But let's not forget, the Clinton administration tried to shut down medical marijuana. Prior to Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan, these are presidents that couldn't even face the AIDS epidemic. George H.W. Bush was the president who ended the compassionate investigative new drug program applications for people who wanted to use marijuana to treat HIV. Ronald Reagan, of course, couldn't even say AIDS. Jimmy Carter was the last good president that we had on marijuana policy. And Carter went farther than any president ever has since or before In calling on Congress to decriminalize one ounce of marijuana, saying that the penalties for the use of a drug should not be more harmful to the user than the use of the drug itself. Before Carter, we have Ford and Nixon, who, of course, created the war on drugs and hated marijuana. And, of course, there's really no point in going before Nixon to talk about how any president uh, uh, dealt with marijuana policy. So is Obama the best president? Well, I feel... The Obama's legacy on marijuana is what he didn't do. It's the dog that didn't bark, right? It's his lack of counter to the emergence of legal marijuana in Colorado that will be his legacy. The federal government could have responded to marijuana legalization in Colorado and Washington in any number of ways to try to shut it down. And Obama didn't do anything. Now, we can criticize Obama like the D.C. activists are doing this weekend. We can criticize him for what he didn't do, that he didn't decriminalize it, that he didn't reschedule it, that he didn't uh, move forward on it. And we can be upset that he laughed about it and dismissed it. But he never tried to oppose it. He never got in the way of legalization happening. Now, his crony or his 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 uh, administration may have. You know, Melinda Hag in, in Northern California and, and the Washington uh, AGs or U.S. attorneys, I should say, the Washington U.S. attorneys, some of these other U.S. attorneys, uh, Pennsylvania district, uh, uh, that woman out there. Yes, in his executive branch, in his Department of Justice, there have been people who have gone ahead and ex- exercised their authority in a negative way against medical marijuana or legalization. But he did not... Uh, Obama did not order that to happen. Again, it's a situation where on the ca- on the situation of or on the issue of marijuana, Obama's just been absent. He just hasn't had any guidance or direction. And folks, maybe that's the best we could have gotten. Maybe Obama's reaction to marijuana legalization was the smartest political decision possible. Imagine if the first black president, under complete obstruction from the GOP that has vowed to wreck his presidency, if he came out positively for marijuana in any way. The resulting backlash to that could have given rise to a greater backlash against marijuana legalization in general. Instead, by not addressing the topic whatsoever, other than the occasional joke on CNN, But by not addressing it, by just letting it happen, by kind of saying that's out of my hands, it's the states and the laboratories of democracy, Obama may have actually been the best thing we could have gotten. Him trying to positively help Colorado and Washington could have engendered a backlash, whereas just letting it happen has allowed the inexorable tide of the green rush, of the the growing business, of of the— unfolding law of supply and demand to make the progress that we needed that couldn't have been made if the president was there trying to push it because of the entrenched opposition to anything this president does, even if it was something Republicans would have done beforehand, right? It's a uh, uh, Bill Maher on his show calls it black tracking when a GOP uh, elected official changes their mind because they recognize that they've, Come to agree with the president. (laughs) They they have to black track. So that's what I think with respect to Obama is that alongside Jimmy Carter. Now, I guess we can say Jimmy Carter is the only president who ever did anything positive toward marijuana legalization by calling for that decrim. But Obama let legalization happen and he didn't have to. So I think we should give Obama some credit on that. All right. Let me get back to uh, some other stories because uh, it's Friday and we got to round up a whole bunch of stuff happening all across the country, we mentioned the Ann Arbor hash bash taking place at the Michigan University of Michigan Diag in Ann Arbor. It's been going on since 1972. It was founded uh, in response to the arrest of activist John Sinclair, who was busted for two joints in 1972 and sentenced to 10 years in prison for two joints. John Lennon heard the plight of John Sinclair and wrote the song 10 for Two as in 10 years for two joints, and that galvanized uh, popular musicians and activists to gather at the University of Michigan for a protest in 1972 that has now been going on. This will be, what is that, the 44th year, 45th time they're doing it, and uh, it's an amazing event, but at the Michigan Daily, which is um, one of the websites here for uh, University of Michigan, Michigan Daily has a story about The hash bash, it's entitled Ahead of Hash Bash, University and State Policy on Marijuana, called into question. They've got this nice map of the legal states and the medical states. And and next to the map is uh, some statistics that, according to the graphics, say, are sourced by the National Institutes of Health and the Drug Policy Alliance. You can tell which ones came from Drug Policy Alliance and which ones came from National Institutes of Health. Let me just read you. Some of the known health effects of marijuana, according to the Michigan Daily. Known health effects of marijuana. Number one, breathing problems. It's kind of vague. But what we know about long-term marijuana use and lung health is that aside from excess production of phlegm and the possibility of bronchitis, there are no long-term breathing problems. When people say breathing problems, you th- you're thinking of things like COPD and emphysema. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and emphysema. The kind of problems with breathing that you know require surgery, require lifetime use of oxygen, those kind of breathing problems that cigarette smokers get, cannabis smokers don't get them. I am not going to say that inhaling burning vegetable matter smoke into your lungs is healthy for them. And indeed, you do get a little bit of a cough. Not going to lie, you can can get a little bit of a hack. It can affect the uh, pitch of your voice. My voice has gotten lower because of my marijuana smoking. But a lot of this can be alleviated through vaporization, through edibles, and other uh, ways of consuming cannabis. Another known health effect of marijuana, increased heart rate. Yes, when you're smoking pot. When you first smoke pot, there's an increase in heart rate. But this makes it sound like you're going to have this increased heart rate all the time. No, you have it when you're using marijuana, and it's equivalent to running up a flight of stairs or having vigorous sex. You ever hear those uh, those, uh, Viagra commercials? Ask your doctor if your heart is healthy enough for sexual activity. Well, if your doctor says your heart's healthy enough for sexual activity, you're healthy enough to smoke a joint, folks. And then this one. Oh, this one. This is the one that's been pissing me off as of late. Known health effective marijuana. Number three, lower life satisfaction. Yes, you're less satisfied with your life because you smoked pot. Pot caused you not to be satisfied with your life. Had nothing to do with the drug test that cost you your job and made you homeless. The reason you're dissatisfied isn't the fact that you have no job and you're homeless because of prohibition. It's because you smoked pot. That's such a stupid health effect. Lower life satisfaction. What makes you satisfied with your life? Succeeding, making money, having good relationships. Cannabis doesn't stop any of those things from happening. It's the prohibition of cannabis that stops those things from happening. When you lose your full ride scholarship or your financial aid because you got caught with a bag of weed and then you're kicked out of school and then instead of possibly becoming a doctor, now you're flipping burgers at McDonald's. Yeah, you might be less satisfied with your life. You went to school, got your degree, you got a STEM degree, some sort of science, technology, engineering, or math degree, you got a STEM degree, you're ready to jump in and make one of those six-figure high-end science gigs. Oh, but there's a drug test for that job you want. Maybe you'll take a different job that doesn't drug test. Or maybe you give up cannabis, and you get that job, but you're less satisfied with your life because cannabis kind of made you happy, and now you're just not as happy anymore. It's impossible for us to say what the mental health and well-being and life satisfaction statistics are for cannabis users so long as prohibition confounds those stats. We got more stories to round up for you when we come back. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy April Fool's Day. We're back in just two minutes.
1: This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
5: Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy. It's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, setting it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late.
4: With over 6 years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit neweracpas.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the new era.
1: This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com.
6: CannabisRadio.com keeps you in the know Monday through Friday on air and on demand with Cannabis Radio News, presented with the definitive worldwide news source, the Associated Press. Stay informed with exclusive news on all things cannabis. Cannabis Radio News live weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific during the Russ Belleville Show, or download the daily podcast exclusively on CannabisRadio.com, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. When breaking news happens in the cannabis industry, Cannabis Radio News delivers the details first.
1: Warning. Warning. It's taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals, or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
4: Welcome back, everyone. Twenty minute, twenty one minutes to the top of the hour, and a quick programming note: Stoner Jesus will not be joining us at five o'clock. I know. Don't be sad. Stoner Jesus is off tonight, so there'll be a replay of Stoner Jesus' show at 5 o'clock. Also, don't forget my regular stop on the music network, 420radio.org, the source for cannabis-related music and events. I'll be joining Herb Thrasher on the Herb Thrasher Flower Hour tonight on 420radio.org. That takes place at 8 p.m., last to 10 p.m., Pacific Time on 420radio.org. It's uh, Metal Marijuana Mayhem. So if you like that hard rock, stoner rock, heavy metal stuff, Herb Thrashers, your guy. You want to check that show out on 420radio.org. There's also an app out there if you like to listen to 420radio on the go. It's at 420radio.buzz. When we went to break, I was talking about this piece in the Michigan Daily Marijuana Legalization Called Into Question. With respect to this uh, Ann Arbor hash bash that's taking place tomorrow. And I was going over this graphic that purports the known health effects of marijuana. We already covered that it's going to cause breathing problems. Not true. That it increases heart rate while you're smoking. Leads to lower life satisfaction. Because prohibition sucks. And now we're into the fourth known health effect of marijuana. According to this uh, Michigan Daily Poor physical and mental health. Folks, it's just not true. First of all, on the physical side, we have found that regular cannabis consumers have lower body mass index, less incidence of head, neck, and lung cancer, no more incidence of COPD and emphysema, and so many other physical differences, less uh, incidence of diabetes. People that use cannabis, by and large, are healthier than the average person who does not. And mental health? Now, there's a lot of talk about how cannabis use can cause anxiety for some people, can cause paranoia for some people, is bad for people that have a schizophrenic uh, background or, or suffer from depression. These can be some considerations. THC is certainly contraindicated for people who suffer from... Some of these conditions, absolutely. But in general, mental health wise, the regular consumption of cannabis is no more likely to be a detriment to mental health than not consuming cannabis. And for some people, it's a benefit for their mental health in that it's helping treat their underlying conditions of anxiety or depression. The number five known health effect this one. Oh, what a doozy. Temporary hallucinations. Where do I find this weed? Could you get me some of this weed that causes temporary hallucinations? I'm on the West Coast, man. We got some of the strongest buds, some of the most potent extract you can get. I have yet to have a hallucination. Now, increase in appreciation of sensory input? Sure, Colors may be more vivid, sounds may be more intricate, songs may be more layered, poetry may be more interesting. But that's not a hallucination. That's cannabis removing the clutter from your brain to appreciate these sensory inputs. When people see this graphic and they see, oh my God, a health effect of marijuana, temporary hallucinations, they're thinking you're seeing a pink spotted elephant in the room. Like visual hallucinations. And that just ain't so. And the number six problem, they say, is a known health effect from marijuana. Problems with child development during or after pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, marijuana. Terribly detrimental to the fetus. That's why the Rastafarians died out. That's why there are no Jamaican kids. That's why Bob Marley has 12 known kids. Tommy Chong has nine known kids, or seven, I think, and Willie Nelson has nine, one or the other. Folks, if there were a problem with marijuana and child development, we would have seen it by now. See, these people that purport these terrible results from marijuana act as if marijuana has never existed. In 1979, 60% of of high school seniors had tried marijuana. It's the greatest teen use of marijuana we've ever recorded in this country. We've never even come close to where we were in the late 1970s when it comes to marijuana use by young people. If there was going to be a marijuana fetal syndrome or a a shaken marijuana baby syndrome or whatever the hell it ended up being called... We'd have seen it by now. All those summer of love hippie moms that got pregnant at Woodstock, we would have seen an effect in their kids by now. And what we found is that kids have just gotten smarter and more active and (laughs) there's just no bodies. Where are the bodies? We keep bringing this up. Where is the problem that needs to be solved? Dr. Melanie Dreyer studied Thousands of Jamaican women in the 70s studied the effects of cannabis on their newborn babies. And and months after, was there a developmental effect? Couldn't find one. We find minor little things like maybe a little bit lower birth weight. That's about it. And the reason why is because, as you and I know, cannabis is natural and it's a supplement to our endocannabinoid system. Endocannabinoids, anandamide, are present in mother's breast milk. It's theorized they're there to stimulate the appetite of the newborn infant to to make that effect and, and to create a, a a euphoric effect involved in the act of suckling that contributes to the well-being of the infant. It's... Evolution, folks, <laughs> it's it's there to help us survive. So if we've got a natural endocannabinoid that is there from minute one of our first suckle of mother's milk. I find it hard to believe that exocannabinoids, plant cannabinoids can be that terribly detrimental. All right, let me move on to some other stories here. Some good news uh, in Florida. A couple of places now, uh, their decriminalization of marijuana goes into effect today. That includes Tampa, Florida, city of Tampa. Uh, Those caught possessing marijuana in Tampa face lesser punishment. Anything less than 20 grams only gets a ticket. $75 for first offense, $150 for second offense, $300 or more for three or more offenses. So. No longer a uh, possibility of a misdemeanor charge in Tampa, Florida. Also, for the folks in Volusia County, Florida, their decriminalization ordinance goes into effect today. Um, their ticket is a $100 ticket rather than 75 that we see in Tampa. And again, it has to be less than 20 grams. So we have uh, Volusia. They've now joined uh, Miami and Miami-Dade County and Palm Beach County and Broward, I think, has done this. Uh, A number of counties, a number of cities in Florida, all moving to decriminalize marijuana. They don't have the time to lock people up anymore. It's not popular to lock people up anymore. Changing it to fine only. We are making some progress, folks, especially when we got Florida on our side. That's amazing. In some other news that's uh, fascinating to me, this one comes from the world of sports, CBS Denver. And this is not an April Fool's story, although it did come out on April 1st. Marijuana dispensary seeks naming rights for Mile High Stadium. Okay, so if you're a football fan, you think of Denver's stadium as Mile High Stadium. It was always called Mile High Stadium. And stadiums all across the country for football, basketball, baseball, hockey have been subject to these corporate naming rights over the past couple of decades so that we didn't call mile high stadium, mile high stadium anymore. Now it's called sports authority field. A similar thing in Portland for the trailblazers. We grew up loving the Rose garden. The blazers played in the Rose garden city of roses made sense, right? Not anymore. No, it's the Moda center center. Not MOTA. (laughs) That, That would be appropriate. Trailblazers in the MOTA Center? Yes, that makes sense. No, Moda, as in one of those big health companies, right? So these corporate naming rights have been all over the place, naming all these stadiums, trying to make money for corporations. Sports Authority has filed bankruptcy. So the question now is, well, can Sports Authority afford the naming rights to this stadium? Now, naming rights for... The Super Bowl champs are not cheap. According to the reports, Sports Authority's contract was 6 million dollars a year just to have the stadium called Sports Authority Field. 6 million a year. Well, now one of Colorado's cannabis companies wants to put their name on Mile High Stadium. It's Native Roots, and they're one of Colorado's largest dispensaries. In one year, Native Roots has expanded from one store to 14. They had a a dispensary chain here of 14 stores, and they are ready to contract with the Denver Broncos, to name the stadium if sports authorities bankruptcy prevents them from renewing the contract. And Native Roots says the affordability of the contract is not a problem. Wow, folks. We got dispensaries that are going to be able to kick in $6 million a year to put their name on a football stadium. It only makes me wonder one thing. How much has Native Roots contributed to Denver Normal? How much has Native Roots contributed to the Drug Policy Alliance? How much has Native Roots contributed to any of the activism groups that are necessary to create the possibility of even naming a football field? I'm not against these companies getting into corporate naming, getting into any of these arenas. I'm fine with that. But Ethan Nadelman brought this up the other day in one of his talks and, and other, you know, Michelle Alexander's brought it up as well, talking about how this green rush, these new entrepreneurs, especially those who aren't steeped in the culture and history of marijuana activism, better start to recognize, to kick down to the legalization movement, that they cannot expand beyond their state without more legal states. And there won't be more legal states unless we get some money back to the activist groups. So Native Roots, I'm cool with you if you want to name Sports Authority Field. That's fine. Doesn't matter who names it. I'm always going to call it Mile High Stadium. But if you're kicking over six million bucks for naming rights and not kicking over a dime for reform advocacy, then you got your priorities out of place. Time to adjust. Time to recognize. Time for the green rush to kick down To the advocates and the groups that made their profits possible. Gotta take a break. We'll close up shop when we come back in just two minutes. Stick around.
1: This is The Russ Bellville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
7: most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go.
5: Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: The Russ Bellville Show. We're as much like Cheech and Chong as ordinary Americans are like the Three Stooges. <laughs>
5: hey, Mel. <Mo. laughs>
2: Georgia.
7: Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do.
0: For more information, contact NORML, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at NORML.org.
5: Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Are you playing an
4: acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has National Resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods.
3: Stupid
2: Prohibition Stories.
1: As a public service, the Russ Belleville Show reminds you that smoking marijuana does not make one stupid. However, some stupid people do smoke marijuana, and Prohibition is always waiting for another victim. Learn your lesson from today's Stupid Prohibition Stories.
4: With your Stupid Prohibition Stories, I'm old-timey 1920s radio reporter Freddie Farrak. This just in from Coin6 in Oregon... Talking while driving leads police to 104 pot plants. Bend, Oregon. A traffic stop in Bend led police to a large pot grow and a butane hash oil drug lab. The investigation started earlier this year when 29-year-old Trevor Thayer was pulled over for using a handheld device while driving. Police said he had a suspended license and a search of his SUV found 63 pounds of processed marijuana. Evidence led police to believe a larger drug organization existed and two search warrants were served on Wednesday. Police searched Thayer's house and a second home that police say was being used solely as a place to grow pot and manufacture butane hash oil. No one was living there. In all, police found a large-scale butane hash oil lab, 136 pounds of marijuana, and 104 marijuana. Marijuana plants. Two other men allegedly involved in the drug operation were also arrested. Butane hash oil is considered a cannabinoid extract and, under Oregon law, is illegal to manufacture without a license. I'm Freddie Farrakh with your stupid prohibition story. Thanks, Freddie. (sighs) How many times do we have to say it, folks? Obey Steinborn's rule. Steinborn's rule says only break one law at a time. If you have 63 pounds of marijuana in your SUV, you are breaking the law, even in Oregon. Now, it's only a misdemeanor. You can't get a felony in Oregon for marijuana possession, but you're still breaking the law you've got 63 pounds in your SUV, maybe your ass with the suspended license ought not to be driving. And if you do have 63 pounds in the SUV and you're driving with the suspended license, maybe you ought not talk on the cell phone while you're driving. Too many of these cases of people getting busted for weed are a case of someone doing something stupid that had they not done something stupid they'd have gotten away with it that's the only reason I keep bringing these stories up to you on the show is to hope that we can learn from the stupid mistakes of others and not make those mistakes ourselves folks that's all the time we got for today and for this week thanks for joining us from Las Vegas the first three days and from Astoria today we'll be in Portland next week so join us then Might even be coming to you from Ganja John's place. We don't know. We'll see. And plenty more coming up on the Russ Bell Bell Show. We'll be uh, also upgrading the Russ Belbel Show, RadicalRust.com website soon. You'll be able to find my calendar of events there, and we're going to restart our VIP program. Those of you who are 420 Radio VIPs will be ported over to the new Radical Rust VIPs. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Bellville Show.
1: The Russ Bellville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at radicalrust.com. You take
5: a seat, you manage, you it, you giant, you, you roll it, you scroll it.
7: You take a
2: seat, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry ein- it, you roll it, you smoke it smoking, and it goes down to Earth.